Welcome to the A Little Better Podcast. My name is Daniel and I will be your host. On today's episode, as we dive into this past Sunday's message on trust issues, we're talking all about pride with Brad and Drew this morning. In the beginning of the episode, we banter back and forth about what happened this past Sunday because it was awesome. And then later on in the episode, we dive into all things pride, good questions you can ask to be able to spot it in your life. So make sure you listen all the way to the end because as the episode goes on, it just keeps getting better and better. And speaking of better, be sure in the next couple of weeks that you continue to listen to the podcast because we're getting a little better. We're beginning to record in person with better microphones, better lighting, and better video features. So no matter if you listen to us, just the audio version, or if you watch us on YouTube, it's getting a little better just for you. Thanks so much for all you do for this podcast when you listen each and every week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a single episode because our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better so that by the power of his spirit together we can be a little better let's dive in Welcome to uh, a little better. Hope you're doing well whenever you're watching this or listening. Uh, we're excited to dive into another installment of our series that we're calling Trust Issues. Drew, have you warmed up from this Sunday? I have. My bones are dry. My clothes <laughs> are not. And believe it or not, I lost a pair of sneakers in the journey. I had these like tan sneakers that now are gray. I don't know what happened or what Nate Bannell put in that water, but he owes me a pair of sneakers. Bannell, you hear that? You owe me a pair of sneakers. Yeah, I don't know if you watched this past week's message or if you maybe weren't able to attend uh, services at Northridge, but go on our YouTube channel and watch this one. Don't just listen to it. Watch this one because there's a surprise ending at the end where Drew baptizes himself essentially a, a lot of times uh, you, know how, I, you know how clueless i was i was sitting in that service i was so clueless i'm 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 there and i see this tub on the stage and i'm like huh and then scott comes out to say oh we got a life change story i said oh they're gonna i don't know why they're not using the baptistry i guess they're going to baptize that person right in front of us you know and then i'm watching the video and the, and the video doesn't happen and i keep talking to karen and she says will you stop talking i'm like well what is that thing for i said oh i guess it's just a prop when he made that announcement that just makes it more real because it connects to the video i was that clueless when that. you finally started stepping in to this tub and then i'm like and that i don't know if you prep the way you slipped into that, I did not hear a single gurgle or splash. So I'm like, oh, it's just dry. It's dry. Yeah. You were talking for 30 seconds before you go down. And I did not expect you to come up wet. I mean, it was just. Yeah, that, that's what's funny is I was in the crowd at Webster knowing what's going to happen. And there uh -huh. were like murmurings in the crowd of like, oh, there's not any water. Like, yeah. it's like at yeah. the camera yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. even at Webster. It's like when you get into the 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 pool thing. I mean, because it's not a small tub. When I hear tub, I think like yeah. you know a bathtub. It was a, it's a large you know baptismal 
portable right. thing and like there's murmurings at webster it's like oh there's not any water in it because like you just slide in there's no splash <laughs> there's nothing and then all of a sudden it's like and i was like oh there oh, is man. water yeah. well you want to know why i went in slow too it wasn't anything like dramatic it was <laughs> so high that I, if I went too fast, all you would see is the first splash unintended, right? Yeah. Like I could barely get my leg over. And yeah, I was my biggest fear. I was, I had this dream that I went in and Just I fell and all the, all the crowd could see was me holding the mic above the water. That's the best. That's the best. Oh. Oh, I was goodness. not feeling good. I was not feeling good the night before. And I'm like, in the morning, I'm like, you know what? I just watch it online, you know? And then, and, and I went and then, man, I was just so glad I was there, you know, in person. And I remember after COVID the first time stepping into the Webster campus in person, and I didn't expect it to be that big a deal, but just being there in person, worshiping with other people around, sharing voices, it, it floored me in a way I didn't expect. And I was watching the singers uh, on Sunday and there were six of them up there, I believe. And I'm like, oh, they're not using them very much. But then after the sermon, they came back for the encore and just, they were incredible and just being in the crowd. So I, I, I almost missed that <laughs> just because mm -hmm. I thought, eh, I'll stay home and watch it online. And I know there's people who are watching online and we have that for you. I mean, if, if that's what you need, we are there for you. Um, and if there's, you know, health concerns, geography, whatever, okay. But if it's just like me and just saying, eh, I don't know if I want to bother, dude, I mean, it's just so much better, you know, to be in person. And again, taking it up a notch, Drew, I know you talked about groups, um, even better, you know, just uh, especially when we're so isolated, you know, mm -hmm. in this pandemic, if you have the opportunity, you know, to meet in person with people in a community group or even Zoom, but, you know, uh, it's just, it's worth it. You know, I, I'm always surprised. I think, eh, do I need to? But, you know, when you get there, God just really blesses, you know, that, I, anyway, that's my plug. give you like 10 bucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I should be paying you every time you mention groups. I love it. That's right. Yeah, that's just a great plug, Brad. You know, like if you can be in the room, there's just something special uh, yes. just about it in that sense. Um, and there's a big service coming up in two weeks, I think, from now, if my math's correct, depending on when you're watching this, October 24th, we're doing a, a service that we normally do every year called Open Baptism. Uh, and so if you haven't been baptized, went public with your faith, um, that'd be a great opportunity for you to jump into that service and be in the room. If you're just watching that, like that would be a special, uh, day to see stories of life change, how God is on the move, uh, in Rochester and in, in our church and, um, and yeah, just come be a part. And if you haven't baptized yet, sign up to get baptized. Um, you can do that by just going to, I want.info, um, and joining us. And what if you want to be baptized by zoom? <laughs> Drew, is that <laughs> the theological ramifications of that could be difficult? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, as Get much as we've talked about, uh, yeah. Well, as much as we've talked about baptism, this past Sunday was not necessarily about baptism at all. <laughs> uh, Drew, can you tell us what uh, this Sunday was really all about? I mean, pride. Really, one of the biggest walls we have from 
trusting God, right? We've been wrestling with how we fully trust God. And so one of the biggest issues with that is, is our own pride. And that fleshes out in many different ways. We looked at like one angle of pride in Naaman's life being a mighty soldier, right? And, and his ability to solve every problem that he had built this wall where when he couldn't solve the problem, he almost ran away from the solution, right? Because it wasn't mm. what he expected it to be. And yet, again, we talk about community. His servants loved him enough to push him towards the miracle. And so how our pride often causes us to doubt, question everything about God's plan, the timeline, the, his ability, our own fears and what people say. And so, yeah, pride is a huge issue we have that keeps us from fully trusting God. Yeah, and we're going to dive into all that the pride. Uh, but you just dropped a name in there that if you haven't grown up around church, even if you have, you may have not have heard name it. Like this is an interesting story to to use in this series of Against All Odds. We're kind of walking from the Old Testament into the New Testament, looking at some key figures. You know, we've hit some big ones that if you went to children's church or like it would be like Noah and Gideon and Joshua, like we've hit some of these big names, but then you get like Nahum, like who the heck's this guy? <laughs> like, that's the first thing that I think of when I, when I think of like, who's Nahum again? And, and then you tell this story of, yeah, just tell us a quick snippet before we jump into pride, catch us up if we forgot who's Nahum. Well, he's the commander of the army of Aram, which is Syria today, right? He's actually actively fighting against Israel. And I always, th I always thought this was interesting. First, first verse of this story, it says the Lord is actually giving him victory, right? Mm. So again, God uses everybody, right? In, in spite of themselves. So I love that about Naaman's story is God's using a pagan person, a person who doesn't believe in him, not only to teach Israel a lesson, but to show Naaman who he is. So he basically is a leper, right? He's got a huge skin condition that's going to kill him. He's searching for a cure. His wife's servant tells him to go find Elisha. He goes on the journey. The, the recipe to his cure was simple. Dip yourself in the Jordan seven times and you'll be cleansed. He's mad about it. He doesn't like that process. His servants are like, no, you need this. So he goes and does it and boom, he's healed. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you said that one thing that I found so interesting is that Nahum wasn't Jewish. <laughs> he was not a person of God. You know, I think of a lot of the times growing up in church, being a church baby, if you want to call it that, I thought the whole Old Testament was all about Israel, Jewish customs, Jewish people, but we even see God's heart for all people, all nations, from the very beginning, um, and his mission going out to to reach out to all people from all tribes, all languages. Um, that's who his heart's about, because he made everyone, um, but he's using the Jewish people, and, and how he uses Nahum is just so uh, intriguing and interesting, the, that God's heart for his people, that he's willing to do whatever it takes to, to get them to come to him um, and worship. And so that's just, and yeah. one thing we don't get to see in this story, we don't see the aftermath, but you know, again, we always have these questions, right? When we get to heaven, like God, what impact did Naaman have after this story, right? Think mm -hmm. he's in a pagan nation. He's a powerful man. Yeah. He says, there's no other God than the God in Israel. So I'm sure that had some tension points as he went back to the, <laughs> to the army that was fighting against Israel. And like, I, I want to know, how did that change the king of Aram? How did that change the people mm. 
have influence. They, they, some of them knew he had leprosy. Now he's healed. Like that's a pretty cool testimony. Like, yeah, the God of Israel did this. So you might want to worship him too. Right. How, what did that look like? Yeah. The influence and the impact. Yeah. We'll, we'll never know. Um, this side, this side of eternity at least. But when Nahum comes up, uh, Brad, did you have something? Oh, well, I was just saying, I'm, I keep getting reminded of connections to the New Testament, you know, in these, in these stories, you know, we, you yeah. know, we talked before about looking for a sign and then how that's such a theme with Jesus and leprosy here with Naaman. And then that pops up a lot in the New Testament too. And so many of Jesus' stories with the lepers and people being healed and all. And uh, so a couple of tangents super quick but just on that i remember years ago years ago reading a book by philip yancey called where's god when it hurts which is an awesome book but the one chapter on leprosy alone is worth the book and it's it's so fascinating to read about the disease because it's about how basically how we hurt ourselves to the point of destroying our limbs eyes everything because we don't have pain and just how God uses pain to protect us. But that's a bit of a tangent, um, but uh, I do love Philip Yancey and, and that and leprosy, but also just this idea of just, again, we're seeing what starts in the Old Testament, but just in the New Testament, just that gospel going out to the whole world. And Luke in his gospel has so many heroes who aren't, you know, Luke himself is not a Jew, right? And there's so many heroes in his stories who are, who are women, right, or foreigners, or poor, right, all these people who shouldn't have any influence, you know, not the people you'd think are in the main track for God's plan, but this is who God is reaching out to, folding in, you know, including, so, yeah, I just love, look, you know, love on that topic, Brad, you, it makes you think of, like, the, the Jews and the Gentiles, right, in, in the New Testament of this huge gap of God, through Paul, right, reaching out to his arms to the Gentiles, not the, you know, the Jewish people. You get a small dose of this here with Naaman, right? Right, we do. God is a God of all people, not just a select group of people, right? Right. And I love what you guys both just pointed out that our whole Bible is just one big grand narrative that where God is a a love letter, a rescue mission, a plan to bring all people um, into a relationship with him. And, and he has a heart for each and every one of us that he wants us to be in good relationship with him. But a lot of the times there's something that stands in between us and our relationship with him or deepening that relationship. Um, and you love this transition, Brad, and that's our pride um, oh, yeah. that in the sense of our pride. Does, that, is come up, who gets does in. that come up later in the Bible too? Pride, is that common? <laughs> yeah, pride <laughs> comes up in a lot of ways, you know. What's some of the ways that our pride gets in the way of our relationship specifically to God? It's an open question. I, I just think like if you look at Naaman's story, I think there's a lot of people out there who me included, who just think, I got this, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, our pride tells us don't ask for help until you need help, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's backwards and opposite of how God wants us to live. Rather than be reactive, we should be preventative, right? Have help when you need it, right? Before you need it, right? So always have help surrounding you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we walk through life thinking, man, I, I, can, I got this God, when I need you, I'll call on you. That's not the relationship that God wants with you, right? Mm. He wants to be with you always, available, yeah. always. Yeah. And there's so and many. You... I'm sorry. 
Go, yeah, my, my bad. This is Zoom, right? So, <clears throat> no, no, no. Beauty is Zoom, right? And so I think, and there's so many illustrations of that, Drew, that we could just come up with in the sense of how this fleshes itself out in our lives in just simple ways from how many road trip stories do we hear of like, I was too proud, proudful to ask for directions, <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I just wandered around. Or how many times have any of us been in a store and just not ask like, hey, where's this thing that I'm in here to get? We just wander aimlessly, aisle to aisle, trying to figure it out. I know I've done that tons of times, uh, and and it's all pride manifesting itself in those small ways, but it it gets in the way in really important ways in our lives as well, when it's not just us uh, spending an extra hour on the road or an extra 25 minutes in the store. um, In really impactful ways in our lives, pride gets in the way. Right. And when I think about the story of Naaman, so like, let's, let's take it to modern society. None of us are running around with leprosy being like, I need a cure, finding the cure and walking away from it. Like that doesn't land in our society, but Mm. many of us today are running around with addictions and we're too proud to ask for help. Many of us are running around with things in our lives that we don't want anybody to know. And our pride tells us if you ask for help, people won't love you the same way they do right like so i think about pride and what it keeps us from i think it actually keeps us from people loving us for who we are rather than somebody we're pretending to be right even even god even though god knows everything we try to keep things our pride tries to keep things hidden from god and we think we can somehow fool god and don't we want god and other people to love us for exactly who we are being fully loved as we are to take us where we need to be yeah absolutely i uh, you know, last week was about fear and pride. So we talked about fear, we're talking about pride. They're really connected in a way. Yeah. You know, when you talk about, it's my pride that keeps me from letting people see who I really am. Yeah. But that's, that's a fear. It's a fear that people will know who I really am. And I know Drew, after the, you know, the last service, you gave an invitation for people to come forward and just pray, you know, pray against their fears, ask for God's, God's help. And I just, and, and I knew what was topmost on my mind was my fear, what other people think. And I had in that room, I went and found uh, my co-leader, you know, my community group co-leader, because I just said, you know, I knew God was saying that, I mean, it's all right, it's all right for you to talk to me about this, you need to humble yourself and talk to someone else about this. So I just share with them, hey, here's what's going on. And I'd love to have you continue to ask me questions about how I'm doing. But, and then that wasn't fun, <laughs> but it was, but it was good. And, you know, and uppermost in my mind is, you know, not, not my co-leader thinks I'm, you know, I'm terrible or, or whatever, but uh, yeah. those, it's that distance, pride will just keep that distance growing between who people, you know, the mask, who people think we are, and then, you know, who we, who we really are. I think you make a good point there too, Brad. I think sometimes our pride is not necessarily a disconnect from God, right? Especially with things that we keep secret because it's easy to tell God, right? Because no one else he knows. <laughs> me and God and we got this. He, he forgave me. It's over. Exactly. But a lot of times pride is still there because it keeps you from telling people, right? People mm-hmm. in your community group, people in your sphere of accountability that will actually help you do the thing that God wants to restore in you. And so many times we go to God, like, God, I know you know this, we're good, you're, I'm forgiven. 
but I'm not going to tell anybody else, right? I don't want anybody else to know this. And we, right. we use God in a way that and he's, his spirit's leading us to tell other people at, at some level. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like th- that issue of pride, I feel like is a lot of the times where we get our, our negative stereotype, we being Christians for being hypocrites or being fake in a lot of as- aspects is because we don't dig beneath the surface and expose our wounds of um, addiction or whatever the case may be where we're hurting in in those what what we may call safe spaces of church community group and things like that where God can provide real healing um, when you bring things out into the light you know when we expose things there Mm -hmm. actually can be healing inside of that you know there's examples of when you get a cut if you just keep keep it covered up with all that you know, infection and germs in it, it'll never actually be healed. It's only when it's exposed, cleaned, and the medicine can be applied that you actually can experience healing. And the same is true for us. It's like we need to expose things, addictions, hurts, pains. Um, and the best place to do that, especially at Northridge and, and just Christian community, is inside community groups and be real, be vulnerable. Drew, you shared in other messages and then in trainings, like to press in, lean in, be honest, like go to community group with the intention of like, we're going to have effective and helpful conversation. Like we're going to grow in relationship to each other, but we're actually going to be real in this space. But it's also, it's easy to say that, but it's a really difficult thing to do because our pride says, well, they won't love me if they know this thing about me. Um, yeah, I, there's a couple of things so important about what you said, Daniel. Uh, one is, so when we do talk about talking to us, we're not saying, hey, get on a rooftop and shout it out to everyone. And I think like social media, frankly, is a terrible place to do this. I, mm-hmm. I, I have seen people do this and it's, it's just so awkward and hard and people will try to respond. And it's just, but to have those trusted few you know, that mm-hmm. you are helpfully sharing with, you know, like in community group. And maybe they're even counseling you too to say what needs to be escalated. It might say, you know, hey, dude, you know, we're with you in this struggle, but you really need, you know, you know, more help, whether it's, you know, it is an addiction, therefore, hey, what's the uh, biblical program, support, help that's out there that that we can, you know, help you towards and cheer, cheer you towards. But but yeah, just shouting it out to everyone on social media is a bad idea, but group is a safe place, uh, helpful place uh, for that and, to happen. And if you're, you know, like, I think we often think of group as it has to be everybody in the group. I think the great thing about group too is there's those other connections you make inside your group. So it doesn't right. even always have to be at the full share of the group. Invite to, invite your, your leader out or invite someone you connect with in your group and say, hey, can we go out to breakfast? I'd love to share something a little bit deeper with you. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like for me, I had to learn this this year through my grief, right? My pride told me, you got this, you're fine, mm-hmm. you'll get it. Like I had to take my own advice, right? You know, it's easy to stand on a stage and tell people what they need to do until you realize you got to do it. And honestly, one of the most healing things for me was going and sitting down with a counselor and just sharing my grief right and and like exposing it like you said to the light and I had to face the reality that I've told so many people to go talk to somebody get in a group Mm. and like I'm like dude you you gotta (laughs) you gotta drop your own pride and do the same thing and so 
Yeah. It's so hard though. It is mm-hmm. so hard because sometimes yeah. pride comes out in a good way, right? Pride says, no, I, I can't do this. I got to help them. I got to help. I got to do this. Like, right. you know, your pride isn't always this really ugly thing. Oftentimes mm-hmm. it looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, your, your pride in a lot of essence says like, oh, I can't tend to my wounds. I need to, I got to keep moving. I got to keep going. I, I don't have time to pause, share, grieve. I don't have time for that. Like you, you got to be effective in your life, but that, that's pride just manifesting itself in a different way. And what I heard you guys just continually sharing is those appropriate avenues to, to deal with the hurts of our lives, whether that's grieving um, or addictions, like there, there are the correct avenues and then there are unhealthy avenues to deal with that. Brad, you shared like social media, using that as a, a, a place to rant or rave or be a diary or whatever the case may be. Or just expose yourself. I just don't yeah. think it's the right place to expose yourself. I mean, people, yeah. everyone will say it's no problem and you're wonderful. And that's about mm-hmm. as far as it'll go. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, Daniel, about what you were saying too, was uh, I just think it's so important I think continually about what happens on Sunday morning about what people see about us. And I loved last week, I keep talking about last week, when when Drew mentioned the elephant in the room being fear. Um, But it's just that it's easy for people to walk in the door and think we don't have fears or we don't Mm -hmm. have sin struggles or we don't have, I like, I, I really believe that people walk into the door at Northridge and they can smell the grace that uh, this is a place where, you know, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your past is, you know, hey, you know, maybe we haven't struggled in the same way, but our brokenness is just different than yours. It's still brokenness. And so, yeah, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. So I think, you know, just in terms of grace towards those people who are struggling, but I think it might also be a revelation to know we're... (laughs) We, we are overwhelmed by fear too, or we are totally, can totally be in the grip of pride too. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, so I, anyway, I love your transparency, Drew, with that. I just want that vibe to be out there on Sunday morning, but it really becomes real in group. Yeah. And, and to finish your statement, Drew and Brad, of just like what you said, in the sense of they can smell the grace, or as Drew said, it's not it's okay not to be okay, but to, but to leave it there would be leaving it unjust in the sense of like, but it's not okay to stay there, right? And like in our pride, in our fear, in all these things, when life and ultimately God who's in control exposes these areas of our heart of like what we're actually trusting in, where we have pride, where we have fear, our, our solution isn't just like, let's, you know, be a prepper and hide in the corner. Like I got to protect myself, but it's actually to run to him. It's, it's to, to go to the God who is in control. Uh, and the action step for pride, Drew, you shared the opposite is humility, um, is, is living a life that is humble um, in these scenarios with our relationship with God and with others. What does that humility look like? What are those action steps? What is that thing that is evidence that humility is at least taking some steps forward. Maybe you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm fully humble and I'm done with that pride thing. But it's like, what is that action step for humility striving forward? 
I think with God, one of the first steps, and this deals with a portion of the pride that I talked about, is just eliminating your expectations, right? Mm-hmm. When in your relationship with God and how he answers, you don't need a say, right? And that's hard. Like for me, that's really hard because I like to have a say in everything, right? And yeah. you know, especially, you know, in my life, you know, I, I'm in my role. I, I get to have a say in a lot of things, And so to look at God and be like, Hey, I want you to do this, but I don't get an opinion. I don't get to say, would you do like, leave it in God's hands, right? Just Mm -hmm. let God be God. I promise you, I have to tell myself, he doesn't need my opinion, right? He's got it covered. He's big enough to handle the situation. And I think for so many people, their expectations of God destroy their relationship with God right? Mm-hmm. And the relationship with other people too, right? Not just Absolutely. God. I think humility is just going to God, God, I need some. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just going to let you, you, you handle it. Absolutely. And those are, you know, we're kind of in this, even this whole series, it feels like we're generalizing like those big areas of life, like those big things where we have these expectations of God's on our relationships with other people, maybe that's getting married to a certain person or uh, landing a certain job or having kids on a certain timetable, like if, or getting into a certain college, like whatever that may be, it feels like these big generalizations of like, okay, leave that in God's hands, like that expectation. But what keeps coming to mind, and even it's a series, the series we did past this past summer on the fruit of the spirit, uh, I, I was, I'm just reminded over and over again in Galatians 5, where Paul keeps reminding us to live by the Spirit or keep in step with the Spirit, that our role in our life isn't to um, like ask God to keep up with us. It's actually to keep up with Him. It's actually to slow down, to catch up to mm-hmm. God. And I, I feel like a daily thing that I've tried to, as a, as a big controller of, of, for my own self, like I love that control of like being able to make things better and do something that's worthy and of my time and energy is, is trying to daily say, okay, God, what do you want to do today? What's one way I can help? What's one interruption of my day that I can say like, this wasn't on the schedule, but I see that you want me to do this thing. Like whether it's stopping and helping someone in the grocery store, because I'm six two and I can reach the top shelf, you know, it's like, or whatever that is, that, that just seems so minuscule, but that daily practice of getting myself in a rhythm of saying, okay, I'm humbling myself and asking God, what do you want to do? It's not my timetable. It's not my expectations for how my day is going to go, but it's, it's trying to, in a very practical way, say, how can I live by your spirit? Or as Paul says, keep in step with you and not ask you, Hey, God, keep up. We're going this way. Remember we're going this way. And so, but it's asking him like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do, God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some ways as we end down this one practical thing, we've talked about humility. We've talked about, um, eliminating our expectations. Um, what is one more aspect? You can take this question one or two ways. What about that person who says, you know, pride's not a real issue for me. Like I, I don't spend time you know you know being arrogant about i know the right thing like i'm pretty humble in those areas like i don't feel like i deal with pride we would probably all say that we have all have pride at some level but how do we spot it what's one practical step of like spotting pride 
I think, I think for me, it's like, what are the secrets I'm keeping, right? It's just like, what, what is it I'm afraid for other people to see? I mean, just trying to have that discipline of being kind of private about my virtues, God sees, you know, I mean, you help that woman in the grocery store, you know, and then it becomes an illustration in your group. So other people know what a good person you are, right? But are you, you know, but you, I give into temptation in some way, you know, or say something, you know, that I should have, or was short with something, you know, what, am I willing to share that with people? Um, so just to really kind of be private with my virtues, let God take care of things, um, and not just be so eager to defend myself, but also just to be public with my faults, appropriately public. We've talked about where those mm. you know, spheres should be. And I know for me, like one place that really comes to the fore is in the workplace, because that just is that bell curve competitive. Am I going to get the raise? Am I going to keep the job? You know, what are people thinking of me? I just think it's, for me, it's, that's one of the hardest places to do it. Um, just to, but I try to, you know, it's just like, we always have retrospectives, you know, on our work. And I say, oh yeah, that was me. I, I made that mistake, you know, or, mm. you know, you know, the, the, you know, that error got introduced and everyone had to jump in and fix it. That came from me. Um, but uh, I, and it's bit me sometimes, you know, where it's just like that shows up in a review, right. Or something, but it's just, mm. just to be honest about that and to say, you know, God's going to take care of that. Just to be honest, you know, about, you know, my faults, my struggles, um, and not to be so eager to share my resume items. I also think just like Naaman found out his pride, I, I think a lot of people don't see their pride. It's a blind spot to them. Mm-hmm. And so you have to ask for someone else to call it out, right? And that's, that's hard because when you don't see your pride, it hurts when someone calls it out. But like yeah. Naaman, Naaman didn't see it, his servants did. And so just yeah. giving permission, your coworkers, your spouse, your children, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm just warning you, right? be ready when you ask because mm. it's gonna come people see it you might not and it might shock you how mm. how much pride that you have when you don't right. see it, right and so I think again it's it's not in isolation it's in community and you give people the right people again I think appropriate the right people permission to say hey this is how I see it in you and you know yeah, and watch how you respond. I mean, are they going to ask again if you bite their head off? Or, mm. you know, the lawyer in me argues, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. my yeah, wife, like, right? How much is my wife going to share with me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like one simple question that really comes to mind. There's a pastor in Atlanta. He's His name's Clay Scroggins. He has a book, How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, and some others out there. But I was listening to him on some leadership stuff when I was really early in ministry several years ago. Um, and he said, if you really want to know your blind spots, ask people that know you know you or work with you this one simple question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? What's it like to be on the other side of me? People who are your superiors, people who are your inferiors that they report to you, just ask. And when they are responding, don't defend like just just accept it like and if you really want to be humbled do that thing like do that and don't respond if you want to realize how much pride you have just Mm -hmm. notice your even if you don't respond notice how you feel because usually those places you want to be like that isn't true no that's false 
those are the areas of your pride, right? Because your yeah. emotions are de are defending. That's pride. It's not humility coming out of like that's a false lie. You, how dare you? No, that even that if you is, don't, even if you don't respond, track in your mind. Exactly. How many defenses do you have coming up? Because like for me, the first set, several times I do it, even still today, when I ask that question, I have so many defenses. Like, well, in that scenario that you're bringing up, you don't know what happened. Like, you don't know the morning I had, the day I had, or what was going on, or blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> just rattle like they, they just they just come like they yeah. just come out we are all prideful we all have areas of pride whether you believe it or not the question is is just are you willing to do the work to spot it to un to uncover it to bring it to the light so that god can heal it yeah it's i think that's question. worth the podcast right there what's it like to be on the other side of me yeah what's it like to be on the other side of okay. me I feel like I might have to listen to this podcast on repeat. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I needed that. Yep, I needed that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Hey, well, this weekend, um, for you, those of you listening to this podcast, the week before the weekend of um, Indigenous People slash Columbus Day weekend, um, our teenagers are going to be at Saranac Lake on a retreat. So if you would, if you would uh, commit to pray for them, um, that God would just show up in a powerful way, reveal himself that uh, kids would begin to follow Jesus, take steps uh, in obedience to him and where God's leading them in their life. Be in prayer for them uh, and the small group leaders that are going to be with them all weekend. Um, other than that, Drew, what's coming up this weekend here in Rochester at our campuses? Hey, we are going to the New Testament this weekend. So oh. we're going to... Uh, a very popular character in the Bible, a very important character in the Bible. Um, I won't tell you who it is. I'll let you guess all week. And we'll... put your guesses in. <laughs> so we're headed to the New Testament. We'll keep grinding on trust. We got three more weeks. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really exciting. Well, if you're watching this podcast, be sure to subscribe to the Northridge Rochester YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss an episode. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single thing. Okay.